Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey now. Hey now. And welcome back to the show where two childhood friends discuss their favourite childhood movies. I'm Emily Sandford. And I'm Barney Lee. And whether it's iconic lines, musical moments, or just questionable outfit choices, the films we'll be talking about on our show are unique in their own way. And this week, we'll be discussing... The Simpsons movie on the big screen. (laughs) Warning, this episode contains nostalgia and big love for Epa. Epa! Epa! Oh my gosh. Do you remember watching the Simpsons movie in the cinema? Yes, I do. Because we watched it together. It was so, so funny. You, me, your brother Tom. And I remember coming out of the cinema screen and Tom ran back inside because there's like a post-credit scene where Maggie is supposed to say her first words and she takes her dummy out and she goes, sequel? (laughs) What was Uh, your first word? Mine was car, which seems ridiculous because, I mean, I still don't drive (laughs) and I'm like not a motorhead at all. Mine was duck. (laughs) Delicious. I love hoisin duck. Yeah, I just wonder whether that was just my parents' way of covering up the fact I said a ruder word. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Well, Bart's first word was, I caramba. And that's because he walked in on Homer and Marge snuggling. Ooh. <laughs> they love to snuggle, Homer and they do. Marge. Oh. Mmm, <laughs> Don't, you're ruining my childhood. <laughs> and yeah. I'm ruining my esophagus. Oh, honey, just wait till best quote. <laughs> What I loved about this film was like just before it was released, there was a few 7-Eleven shops in America that re-kitted themselves out to look like the Quickie Mart. Yes. Which I think is such a good publicity push. Yes, you know, completely. So they would sell like squishies and sell like copies of Radioactive Man comics and stuff like that. And oh my gosh, if that, could you imagine if that was in the UK? Spend all day there. I'm a big fan of an ice blast, like one of those tango ice blasts. I'm assuming that's what a squishy is like. Very much, yeah. You had a squishy, didn't you? You've been to Simpsons World. Well, which one? Because I've been to the Florida one and the Hollywood one. Florida one's better. It's just bigger, you know. I didn't actually have a squishy, but I did have a Homer-sized pink ice ring donut. And when I say it was Homer-sized, it was like $5 
And it was honestly the size of this laptop. Like it was <gasps> stupidly big. That whole day was amazing. Literally walking into Springfield, hearing the Simpsons music playing, I got chills literally like goosebumps it was so embarrassing and then i met crusty and sideshow bob and they had a little like character meet and greet when i got home i was retelling the story of me meeting crusty to my housemate and literally i teared up (laughs) like telling the story Barney is sitting here recording this, specifically wearing a crusty t-shirt. Crusty burger t-shirt. I have a Lisa Simpson tattoo on my arm. Yeah, Simpsons has played an important part in my life. Today's episode is your time to shine. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so did you know the Simpsons movie took nine years to complete? Oof. Like they greenlit the project back in 1997 But in the years up until the actual release, which Mm. was 2007, they had to get the voice cast to, you know, sign contracts and producing a final script also took a really long time. I think there was something like 160 different versions of the script that they had to refine. I can remember. (laughs) So the movie was released on the 25th of July, 2007. The budget was $75 million and the worldwide gross is... $536 million. I should probably just shout out the director is David Silverman, who is a long, long, long time running producer on The Simpsons. But he's also worked on movies like Monsters, Inc. and Ice Age as well. Amazing. What was Matt Gronin's involvement in this film? So he is the overall creator of The Simpsons back Mm. in like 1989. Um, He, I think, kind of executive produced it. So he was there to act as a kind of consultant and it was actually his idea about the pig silo polluting lake springfield so he was kind of involved in the script writing yeah but i think at this point he's like you know swimming in his millions of dollars and he's just like look i'm here if you need me but uh otherwise call me when it's out let's quickly run through the cast obviously all the original actors from the simpsons came through I thought perhaps I can tell you which actors were in the show and you can do an impression of those characters. Oh my God. Just to kind of warm us up and get us into it. Okay, fine. I might need some of that crusty brand cough syrup. (laughs) Okay, so we have Dan Castellaneta playing Homer Simpson. Oh no, English instructions ruined. Must find French instructions. Le Grill? What the hell is that? (laughs) You've got Julie Kavner playing Marge Simpson. It's good for the economy. (laughs) I love that TikTok. Oh my God, if anyone knows that TikTok sound, she's like, All right, I will buy it. It'll be good for the economy. (laughs) Oh, 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 (laughs) Okay, right. Nancy Cartwright playing Bart Simpson. I grumble. (laughs) Who the hell is that? Oh my God. Sorry, that is Bart Simpson. (laughs) You've got Yardley Smith playing Lisa Simpson. Good luck. That's her sex event. <laughs> I'm Lisa. Oh, that's it. That's what you're getting. <laughs> You've got Hank Azaria playing a million characters, but he's probably most well known for playing Mo. Who's this? Amanda. Amanda hug and kiss. <laughs> I love those phone conversations he has. But he's, he also plays Professor Frank, doesn't he? He does. He poison, po- poison, poison, poison. That's what he's kind of like, isn't he? <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god, that caught me off guard. <laughs> Woo! Yep, yes, he does. Okay. And finally, we have Harry Shearer playing Mr. Burns. 
<laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Oh my god! I've got a Harry Shearer story actually. Oh my gosh! Do you tell? Yes, he walked past me at work once. <gasps> um, that's it. <laughs> right then, shall we move into best supporting character? Excellent. Okay, here we go. Best supporting character. I mean, this is going to be hard because there's like 150 characters in this film. So we have narrowed it down to 1%. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to start with Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah. You are the itchy to my scratchy, I think. Um, <gasps> Thank you. I love the scene at the beginning where obviously they're in the cinema anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're watching the little sketch where they're going to space, basically. Yeah. And Itchy becomes president. We come in peace for cats and mice everywhere. <laughs> And he just like gets whacked with the American flag and there's the accidental launch of the missile. And I like after Scratchy is killed on the moon and, and Itchy's back on Earth, he's working in the Oval Office and he hears, Itchy, Itchy. <laughs> and Itchy looks through a telescope and Scratchy's on the moon with a sign that says, I'm telling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I can't drink lemonade without hearing, Lemonade? <laughs> Please. That's not necessarily from the film, but it's in the series. It should be. Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of iconic power couples, I want to give a shout out to Rod and Todd. Rod and Todd. They're so cute. They're so innocent, but God, they'd be annoying if you would like know them. Yeah. They have some great dialogue in the film. When Flanders and the boys are in the church at the end, Flanders is like, Okay, boys, when you meet Jesus, be sure to call him Mr. Christ. Will Buddha be there? Oh, <laughs> so good. Abe Simpson, he's got to be up there. I prefer him to Hans Molman, even though he's like kissing a peanut. <laughs> um, Abe is one of those hilarious yeah. characters. Like, he's I'm clueless. He is so clueless. He has that like prophecy and he's like, horrible, horrible things are going to happen to you and you and you. And then he's just like, like <laughs> obviously on the floor. And there is that really funny moment when Lisa's like, dad, do something and then homer's like flicking through the bible he's like this book doesn't have any answers <laughs> and when marge is watching back that footage from the church and she's kind of like transcribing what grandpa's saying she's like a thousand eyes what could that be and abe replies hmm well, i'm pretty sure a thousand is a number <laughs> He is clueless. Yeah, we love him for it. Yeah, yeah. Also wanted to give just a quick shout out to Boob Lady. She's just amazing in her own right. Oh yeah, Boobarella. Is that it? No. Oh no, the um the Native American Boob Lady. Oh, (laughs) sorry. There's two Boob Ladies. There is. Oh my gosh, you're right. There are two Boob Ladies in The Simpsons. Oh my god, David Silverman is obsessed with (laughs) boobs. He was that guy in class who used to write on his calculator and be like. Um, No, Boob Lady's the one that kind of saves Homer from, you know, dying in the blizzard. And she creates that spiritual experience for Homer to have that realization. Yes. Homer would be frozen if it wasn't for Boob Lady. And then when he's like, which way do I go? And she swings her boobs to the right. And she's like, thank you. (laughs) It would be rude not to give a little shout out to Spider Pig. We should acknowledge Spider Pig. But not Spider-Pig in his original form. I'm talking Spider-Pig in his Harry Plopper costume. It's so cute. He's not Spider-Pig anymore. He's Harry Plopper. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you. I 
thought Spider-Pig was so overhyped when this movie came out. So I definitely don't want to give him best supporting character, but we do need to acknowledge his presence. Yes, we do. Just like I want to acknowledge Colin, Lisa's like Irish crush. His dad isn't Bono. (laughs) He's not Bono. I'm Colin. I haven't seen you at school. Just moved here from Ireland. My dad's a musician. Is he? He's not Bono. (laughs) (laughs) And like... You know, Bono, is he the best Irish musician? I can think of better. Yeah, I'm more of a boy's own girl. Oh, totally. Didn't you have that experience with Ronan Keating? Yes. So if anyone ever tells you that manifestation is not real, I want you to remember this story, okay? (laughs) Once I was like, oh my God, my life feels like a roller coaster. And the next day I got an email like, will you come and produce Ronan Keating's radio show? Like... What? what the hell? And then I'm sitting next to Ronan Keating like, what is happening to me? He's really nice. Did you tell him that story? No. Oh. But if he listens to the pod, he'll find out. Oh, yeah. I feel like when you work with celebs, you just got to you gotta keep your cool, you know? Yeah. You want to be one of those people. I, I can't relate personally. <laughs> Anytime Little Mix would come into my office, I'd be like, oh my God. Um, another character that I would like to give a nod to is Kent Brockman. Oh, yeah. Our favourite news reporter. Um, there's that really funny moment where he's reporting on the crisis of the dome. The town is running low on supplies of everything from gasoline to Botox. And his face kind of just flops down. <laughs> Moment, please. And then he like <laughs> sucks it back in. Like, the comic timing on him is brilliant. He's great. And Chief Wiggum. To be fair, he's fantastic. When he shoots the gun eating the donuts and he's like, whoa, that was close. <laughs> when they fall into the sinkhole as well, he's like, man, they're China's problem now. <laughs> he's classic. He's great. He's great. And I mean, on the subject of Chief Wiggum, I think it's time to award best supporting character to his son, Ralph Wiggum. I like men now. <laughs> <laughs> that line floored me when I watched it. Like that was just incredible when Naked Bart is skateboarding by and Ralph takes one look. Incredible. I love him. Ralph doesn't have a lot of scenes in this movie, but honestly, anytime he pops up, he's great. I love when the whole town is fighting to get out of the dome and, you know, like Sideshow Mel takes the bone out of his hair, throws it at the glass and it bounces right back to him. The best part is when Ralph takes out some bubbles and he blows them. And then they bounce back off the glass into his eyes. Oh no, blow back. (laughs) Oh, Ralph. Ralphie. He's so, so cute. Well, on that note, I think we should go to best musical moment. Elmo says, why are you stealing my voice? Okay, so now we're going on to most iconic outfit. Now, we're not going to be awarding this to Homer and his, like... Basic bitch. white tee and, like, (laughs) blue trousers. We want to shout out the outfits that are unique for the movie and don't just appear in the TV series. Yeah, exactly. As much as we love Marge's red pearls, you know? Oh, yeah. So, first of all, I think we should talk about Moe's emperor outfit. Yeah, that kind of comes out of left field, doesn't it? 
the family have returned to the dome after they've kind of like been on the run and Mo kind of climbs out from the shadows and he's like oh hi Midge. As and he's kind of rebranded himself as Emperor Mo, and he's kind of lost his like Mo's Tavern apron, and instead he's sporting a pretty unique outfit. Yeah, he's got a traffic cone on his head. He's wearing like a blue robe, mm-hmm. and then he's got like a bullet belt across his chest. Oh yeah, and he's wearing like sliders. Very twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot. But mm. he weirdly pulls it off. Maybe because his regular clothes are so boring that just anything different is good. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to give a shout out to the fake Simpson family that is spotted at the gas station. So they're on the run. They pull in because they need to get some bits in the shop. But Marge and Bart notice that there's a wanted poster behind the clerk's kind of desk. And Marge is distracting the attendant while Bart climbs back and kind of graffitis over the wanted poster of the Simpsons sketch and gives the family all these like customizations to just make them look different to the actual family. And there's that amazing part where the clerk looks behind Marge and Bart. He's like, oh my God, it's them from the poster. (laughs) And behind them is like these kind of weird Simpson family knockoffs that have the exact same characterizations. (laughs) So you've got Homer, but he's got a curly fringe and like a black mustache. You've got Bart, who's got blue eyebrows and buck teeth. Marge (laughs) has got like really like big puffy hair and like an overbite maggie weirdly has like blue shoulder length hair right i've never seen a baby with that much hair in my life but okay (laughs) and lisa's got an eye patch and buck teeth and um sadly the next scene you see them getting put into the back of a police van (laughs) they're innocent (laughs) (laughs) that's what you get for looking like that yeah exactly just because I mentioned Maggie, I also just wanted to give a shout out to her outfit in Alaska. She's wearing a snowsuit onesie, but because of her kind of shape, it's like a perfect starfish. Aww. And she just kind of waddles through the snow. I just think anytime she's in that onesie, it's really, really cute. Yeah. And Maggie's kind of like their ticket out of the dome, isn't she, in the first place? She honestly, Maggie carries this film. She finds the sinkhole. She throws a rock over Russ Cargill's head. She also shot Mr. Burns. (laughs) Kind of a badass. Yeah. So I think we should award most iconic outfit to comic book guy (laughs) in Marge's pregnancy pants. Oh, he pulls them off so well. Yeah. He looks so good. He's basically sitting in the kitchen with Marge and they're trying to work out what IPA means. And she's like, yeah, thanks for coming over. Thanks for giving me your pregnancy pants. I've never known comfort like this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they look pretty comfy. They do look comfy. They're kind of like a two-tone pink elastic pregnancy pan they suit him really well and such a good alternative to what he normally wears that gross blue shirt which is a little bit too small for him and this pink shorts he's got a receding hairline and a ponytail oh no i know if comic book guy was here he'd be saying let's go into best musical moment it's the worst category ever (laughs) (laughs) you're getting there yeah kind of (laughs) Hey Now Hey Now has something very exciting to announce. We've released a gift card and gift wrap collaboration with the incredible British illustrator Zoe Spry. Shut up! Excuse me? No, our Princess Diaries card with Mia. It says, it's your birthday? Shut up! I love this so much! (laughs) 
So if you stand some nostalgic gift cards and gift wrap and want to support the Zoe Spry and Hey Now Hey Now collaboration, head to zoespry.com. You will not regret it. I want this Meredith card for my birthday in October, please. Being young and beautiful is not a crime, you know. Ugh, a bit vain. That's also on the card. We designed these. How could you forget? <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So next, we're moving into Best Musical Moment. And obviously, we are blessed with an extended version of the Simpsons theme tune at the beginning. However, because we are talking about the Simpsons movie, I think we should focus on music that appears specifically in this and not the regular TV series. Yeah, definitely. Even though it's a great theme tune. You can request that at karaoke, you know? Can if, you? Yeah, if you're not like a karaoke lover and someone's like, you got to get on the mic, just be like... <laughs> and then all you have to go is The Simpsons And then you finish Oh it's so good Straight to the bar for a tequila <laughs> Perfect <laughs> Now the soundtrack of the movie was composed by Hans Zimmer He sells out the Royal Albert Hall He is Honestly he's amazing Yeah he's like the real deal And like you can definitely tell Because the movie has these really cinematic scores You know despite the film being mostly Kind of like instrumentals We do have some really nice moments With actual songs One of the first is Green Day Doing an interpretation of the Simpsons theme tune On a barge And then of course the pollution from the lake Causes the barge to do a whole kind of Titanic situation Oh 
And the band's like, you know, gentlemen, it was an honor to play with you tonight. And they start doing a whole like string trio. Yeah. And then they die, obviously. So then in the church scene the next day, when kind of like the film properly starts, yeah. it's basically Green Day's funeral. Yeah. And there's the woman on the organ doing the American Idiot song, but funeral version. Yeah. <laughs> honestly it sounds good in any instrument um we also obviously have the spider pig song which we should probably mention again i don't love it but it was really really popular remember like back in the day you'd have those adverts where you could buy ringtones yeah and like spider pig was one you could buy for like five pounds yeah can he swing from a web no, he can't, because he's a pig. Look out, he is a spider pig. Now, spider pig is actually a actual Marvel Universe character. What? Yeah, there's a comic from the 80s. I'm not a comic nerd. God, don't fancy me, comic book guy. Um, Yeah, I read this. It's like an actual uh, series of like spider ham or something. Oh my um, gosh. Did you know that spider pig actually reached number three in the Irish music charts? What? Sorry. Colin and your dad Bono (laughs) and it is just over a minute long which means it's the shortest track ever to make it into the Irish music charts and in the UK it got as far as the top 20. There's actually another musical moment that kind of centers around the pig it's actually when Homer goes to rescue Spider Pig from Krusty Burger Mm -hmm. because obviously he's doing the advert isn't he yeah because the burger that what are they advertising it's called like it's a burger called the clogger the clogger because it's got all the meats that will clog your arteries and when he rescues Spider Pig they do the song I can't see me loving nobody (laughs) but you I love when they add classic old songs to montages like that that's great yeah we also have a throwback to homer marge's song that first made an appearance in one of the episodes of the tv series and when there's a flashback to how marge and homer first got together and it's the carpenters close to you which is such a lovely song and it comes back in this movie yeah it does so we see like their little wedding video because um, Marge has got the wedding videotape. That's the one thing she saved from the house. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Close to You by the Carpenters, it's the... <laughs> and then obviously when she does the really sad video where she's like to Homer, I don't know why I love you, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, you know, I've recorded this over our tape. That's a really sad moment. So sad. Yeah. Before we announce Best Musical Moment, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the kind of Disney-inspired scene when the Alaskan animals are helping Homer and Marge get ready for a night of <laughs> snuggling. And there's like, you know, deer and birds and squirrels all fly in to help dress Marge <laughs> and, you know, make up the bed. And there's just like a really cute Snow White, like... It's so cute. And then, you know, Marge is in a really cute, like, teddy. And then they get into bed and the camera pans to the animals who are like, ah, we did it. And then their faces slowly drop as they're watching Homer and Marge get intimate. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ruins Disney. And now, of course, Disney own The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Disney bought Fox. 
and all of its, you know, oh, right. shows. So now Disney own The Simpsons, which is funny because even in this very movie, Bart makes a reference to Disney when they're on the train. Remember, he's rummaging through people's luggage, finds a black bra, puts it over his head, and in a kind of Mickey Mouse impression, he goes, I'm the mascot of an evil corporation. <laughs> and then it's like 15 years later, oh, Disney owns this movie. Like, surely they would have wanted to edit that out. Yeah. But it's it's funny. Yeah, it is Keep so going. funny. But best musical moment has to go to the cutest guy we know in this film, Ralph. When he is screaming the 20th Century Fox theme tune, basically, at the yeah. beginning of the film. The da-da-da-da! Thank you. That was brilliant. <laughs> and that makes an appearance before the film even begins. But in our eyes, it is a clear winner. Yes. Because Ralph is us. Like anyone who, when that music starts, you sing along with it, don't oh, you? Oh, 100%. Which really reminds me of that uh, YouTube video of the people who are like screaming over the top of like the Universal Pictures theme song. Like, da, 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 da. <laughs> So Ralph was ahead of his time. Basically. He is so smart. Yeah. People don't give him credit. I'm smart. I dress myself. <laughs> Needs work. <laughs> Here we are. Best quotes. I am so excited for this. I think our throat's going to be like red raw by the time we finish. Yeah, I can only apologize for my Marge Simpson impersonations. (laughs) But here we go. It'll be good for the podcast. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It will get us Apple reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Please give me five stars for that. (laughs) You You deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first quote that I really want to start on is kind of like at the beginning, Chief Wiggum's telling people to not throw anything in the lake. And he sees Fat Tony, the mobster, Italian mobster, kind of like walking past and he's got like this big body bag and he's dragging it to the lake. And Chief Wiggum's like, "Uh, sorry, no dumping in the lake. Fine, I'll put my yard trimmings in the car compactor. Uh, Chief, I think there was a dead body in there. I thought that too, until he said yard trimmings. You gotta learn to listen, Lou. <laughs> so good. He's so stupid. How is he chief of police? I don't know. I love it though. I like when Marge and the rest of Springfield realize that it's Homer's fault that they're in a dome. And this massive mob is standing outside <laughs> their house. And Marge goes, Homer, you have to go out there. Face that mob. And, <laughs> and apologize for what you did. And Homer goes, I would, but I'm afraid if I open the door, they'll take all of you. And then from outside you hear Carl say, No, we won't. We just want Homer. And then Homer goes, Well, maybe not you, but they'll kill Grandpa. And then you also hear, I'm part of the mob. (laughs) (laughs) So good. There's the scene where Homer and Bart are kind of like doing the pranks. You know, they're on top of the roof. Yeah. Homer gets a nail in his thumb, classic. And then they kind of like do dares. Yeah. And the last dare Homer asks Bart to do is skateboard naked through the town. And Bart's like, but girls might see my doodle. Oh, I see. Then I hereby declare you chicken for life. Every morning you'll wake up to good morning, chicken. At your wedding, I'll sing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. There's a couple scenes with 
Kent Brockman's news reports that really tickled me. <laughs> the first one was when he says, As always, we end the news on the lighter side. It's that time of year that the swallows return to Springfield. And it cuts to like a group of swallows flying straight beak first into the dome and sliding down. And the camera pans down and there's a whole group of cats like <laughs> waiting for the <laughs> birds to slide down. Oh, That really tickled me. The other one was when they're playing one of Ken Brockman's newscasts from inside Most Tavern. And he's like, day 37 under the dome. We are facing intermittent power failures, which, and it cuts. All the lights go off. The TV turns off. You don't see anything when the lights come back on all of the bottles around mo's bar have gone and mo's like okay very funny now i'm gonna turn the lights off again when they come back on i want all my booze back the way it was turns the light off light turns on again the entire bar all its furniture and mo's clothes are gone And Mo, little fun fact, Mo is wearing Duff branded underwear. Oh. <laughs> like that little fact. Maybe that should have been. Most oh, iconic outfit. Maybe. <laughs> we missed a trick. Oh. <laughs> Um, A quote that really tickles me in this film is when Milhouse is basically a bit jealous of Colin, isn't he? Because he like fancies Lisa. And he's like, hey, I'm very passionate about the planet. And then Nelson walks past and goes, say global warming's a myth. It's a myth. Further study is needed. It's a myth. It's a myth. Global warming is not a myth. (laughs) Hey, no, hey, no. Loves the environment. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Um. There's that amazing scene at Mr. Burns's mansion where Hibbert, Apu and Wiggum are standing before Mr. Burns and Smithers and they're basically requesting that he siphons off, you know, (laughs) some of his power to help, you know, save the town. Yeah. And he's like, so you want some of my electricity, do you? Well, for once the rich white man is in control. (laughs) I have two buttons behind this desk. One will supply your town with power. The other will release the hounds. Reach me. Make me your brother. And then, you know, they've got to plead their case. The hospital generator's about to give out. Lives will be lost. And Mr. Burns with a quill, because obviously it's a quill, he's like, lives lost. Go on. We have a convict. We were going to fry tomorrow, but now we can. Tempting, tempting. And then Apu comes in and says, look, all our reasons mean nothing. Just look into your heart and you'll find the answer. And it cuts to Mr. Burns staring at Apu and Smithers is like, no, no, don't say because the next shot is the hounds running out and chasing them out of the mansion. Release the hounds is such a Mr. Burns thing, isn't it? And it's a quote that you can use for anything if you want to get out of a situation. Release the hounds. <laughs> Imagine my parents' dog being one of those hounds. She would like lie on her back. She licked my foot when I walked in today. She loves me. She's so cute. So sweet. Hey, why don't you react like that when I lick your foot? <laughs> Oh my god, so speaking of like powerful people, obviously we've got President Schwarzenegger. He's one of my favourite characters in this film. I just think it's so funny. There's two conversations he has with Russ Cargill that really kill me. So Russ Cargill enters the Oval Office and he's like, President Schwarzenegger? Yeah, that is me. (laughs) The pollution in Springfield has reached crisis levels. Oh, everything is crisis this and end of the world that. No one opens with a joke. I miss Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's another moment where Russ is like, Mr. President, you chose me, Russ Cargill, most successful man in America to head the EPA, the least successful government agency. Why did I take the job? Because I'm just a rich guy who wants to kick some ass for good old Mother Earth. I want to give something back. Not the money, but something. (laughs) That's why I've narrowed your choices down to five unthinkable options. Each one will cause untold misery and I pick number three. Really? You don't want to read them first? I was elected to lead, not to read. (laughs) Number three. (laughs) Uh, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be bothered to read all those reports. Pick a number. That's kind of what you imagine presidents are like. Meh. Yeah, do that. (laughs) Do that. I'm paying someone to like... Destroy lives, yeah. (laughs) Destroy lives. Some presidents have. Well, if we cut ahead towards the end of the film, when Marge, Lisa, Bart and Maggie are imprisoned in the epa trucks and are being driven back to the dome home is doing his best to kind of like slow that journey down or kind of like distract the driver so that he can get the family to escape and he puts up a stop sign that he's painted himself and obviously it's homer so he can't spell instead of stop he writes stop and there's that amazing bit of dialogue with the two drivers and one of the drivers goes there's something strange about that stop sign and the other driver's like Look, we can't keep stopping at every sup, yelled, or one vey sign. Just move on. (laughs) And then at that point, Homer is driving a bulldozer over with like a, a wrecking ball. Yeah. And he swings the ball over to, you know, hopefully knock the truck over. Which, side note, dangerous. Like, your family's in there, but all right. And he kind of gets his calculations a little bit wrong and the ball swings, just lightly touches the side of the truck and goes like, and then inside Lisa goes, did you hear something? And Bart goes, probably just a moth. And Marge goes, "Mm, I hope it's okay. (laughs) She's so cute. Honestly, Marge serves like some hilarious innocent lines there's another bit where obviously this is going back to like lisa and colin yeah she's like mom i've got to go find colin not now sweetie doomsday is family time (laughs) (laughs) we need to mention when flanders and rod and todd see that bart and homer are cycling off on the motorbike to kind of save the town and um rod goes i wish homer was my father and flanders go i mean tell us what flanders says because it's so good and i wish you didn't have the devil's curly hair (laughs) (laughs) honestly like uh if there was a spin-off where it was just the flanders the flanders well if we're talking about the flanders maybe we should award our best quote to the moment where ned and the boys are in crusty burger they're kind of giving grace before their meal yeah and then bart obviously zooms past on his skateboard with his doodle out and the kind of the dialogue goes like this boys before we eat don't forget to thank the lord for this bountiful <gasps> penis Honey, yes. I want to give thanks to Bountiful Penis. Amen. <laughs> okay, so now we're doing our favourite part of the podcast, which is Can We Discuss? Now, we've just been talking about our howdy doodly lovely neighbour, Ned. <laughs> and I wanted to say, don't you want one of his hot chocolates? <gasps> 
That looked incredible. He keeps adding to it. I'm like, this little cup can't support the amount that he's putting in there. Honestly, if you want to make a hot chocolate, you've got to go to town. Ned puts the whipped cream. Yeah. He puts a marshmallow on. Yeah. He puts in a flake. Uh-huh. He like scorches the marshmallow, caramelizes yeah. it, does chocolate shavings. Yeah. Oh, it goes amazing. all out. It reminded me of the episode of the simpsons where it's christmas time and marge usually makes bart's hot chocolate but he's like i'm grown now i'm not a kid anymore she's like okay well make your own hot chocolate he's like oh okay this can't be that hard and he drops a single marshmallow in his hot chocolate and then it immediately (laughs) absorbs all the chocolate and the marshmallow goes (laughs) fills the entire mug and he like pours it out so this massive marshmallow is on his plate and then he gets his knife and fork and like cuts slices (laughs) And he's like, oh. And then Grandpa's like, hey, save me a slice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Actually, speaking of Grandpa, something that I love, which is kind of like a blink and you miss it moment, is that when Homer falls through the roof when he's doing, you know, renovations with Bart, you notice Grandpa inside sitting on a chair reading a magazine called Oatmeal Enthusiast. First of all, it's a genuine internet-based magazine. I read this. Which is the best fact of the world. What content are they putting out monthly? Honestly. On oatmeal. Porridge of the day. Cinnamon, obviously. Well, yeah, no question. But that really tickled me. And I love that the movie was able to add in all these extra hidden details. Because, first of all, the aspect ratio increased from, you know, standard, like, 16 by 9 to, they call it like a 2.40 to 1 widescreen ratio. I don't know, it's like a cinematic term. And because of that, they've got a lot more space so they can add in extra details. The animators can spend a lot more time lavishing attention on every single scene. You know, even if it's like the background, you'll notice that the skies look so much more detailed than it does in the TV series. So I love that. I thought they did such a good job. It's so impressive. Animation just impresses me in general. Yeah. So clever. Aren't you glad that they also like stayed with the 2D animation for this? Yeah, I like cartoon. 2D all the way. Now, obviously, one of the main storyline of the Simpsons movie is the environment. Oh my God, don't get me started. This summer we're having sunny one minute, thunderstorms, wind, like rain. What's going on? Honestly, in 2007, when everyone was just laughing at Green Day and throwing (laughs) rocks at them. In the Simpsons movie, not in real life. Not in real life. Like, how bad? 2050 is apparently when everything's going to go to, like, bust. The only person who's surviving 2050 is Jeff Bezos. See ya. Save us a seat. Yeah, he's not going to do that. And also, I don't want to move to Mars. (laughs) I can't even breathe the air. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that that was fun for two minutes. No one else is here. Now what? Now what? We can't get Disney Plus on Mars. Okay, here we go. Trivia. I will say if I don't get five out of five, I will be mortified. Thank God Principal Skinner is not here to grade us. (laughs) Pathetic. (laughs) Not you, I'm quoting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my first question to you. In the opening sequence of the film, the camera pans to Smithers and Mr. Burns. What causes Mr. Burns to fall over? Oh, this is great. So they're in the bathroom. Mr. Burns is holding out his toothbrush 
and Smithers just squeezes like a blob of toothpaste on the toothbrush, but it's enough for Mr. Burns to fall over. Yes. So good. Thank you, boob lady. Okay, here's my first question. What was the name of the video game Bart is playing while they're at church? Is it like Baby Burn? No, Baby Blast. Yes! <laughs> Thank you, boob lady. Well done. Yes, I miss Nintendo DS days. Okay, here's another one about the church. What does the church sign say in the beginning scene like you know on the outside there's usually like a message yeah oh no i think later in the film it says like we told you so or something Mm. but at the beginning um is it about green day uh no (laughs) thou shalt turn off thy cell phone oh (laughs) okay so the camera pans across lake springfield we see different people polluting the lake in different ways yeah you obviously mentioned fat tony dumping the body we already know homer dumps the pig silo in can you tell me two others and how they're polluting okay mo drops a truck of green bottles into the water and like barney goes falling out like like burping or whatever he always does um and then we've got the crazy cat ladies like and she's washing the (laughs) cat on the washboard in the water Thank you, boob lady. She's terrifying. Honestly, call the RSPCA. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my next question to you. Again, in the opening sequence, there's a shot of Apu changing the expiry date on a carton of milk. He changes it from 2006 to what? 2008? Yes! Yay! Thank you, boob lady. Okay, here's one for you. It's another game-related one. When Homer is alone in Alaska, um, he finds a bar called Eskimos. Yes. He is playing an arcade game. Can you remember what it's called? It's a parody of a violent driving game. Oh, like a Grand Theft Auto. Yes, but think Alaskan animals, maybe. Walrus? Yes! Walrus Theft Auto. Grand Theft Walrus. Oh, no. <laughs> so close, but so far. I'll give it to you. Thank you, boob lady. <laughs> well done. A- a- well a- done. When the family arrives in Alaska, how much money are they given on arrival? They're given a thousand dollars. Yes. Thank you, boob lady. And apparently this is a real thing, okay? Why? Um, It's called the Alaska Permanent Fund. So if you move to Alaska every year, each person gets $1,000. Can we go? Tomorrow. (laughs) All right. (laughs) When Marge, Bart, Lisa and Maggie are on a train, can Mm. you remember what city they pull into? Oh, gosh. Shelbyville? No, but it does begin with S. It's a real city. Seattle? Yes! Thank you, boob lady! Is it? Yes! Seattle! Well done! Not bad, not bad. There's a really funny moment when we're kind of in the government agency and there's this NSA worker who, like, jumps up and shouts something. Do you know what he says? Yeah, he jumps up and he goes, I found one! The government finally found someone we're looking for! Woohoo! Yes! Thank you, boob lady! That's so good. (laughs) This is my final question to you. It's from the opening scene, so hopefully you'll get it. What is Bart writing on the blackboard during the opening sequence? I will not illegally download this movie. Yay! (laughs) Thank you, boob lady! (laughs) 
I mean, just like The Simpsons, our usual episodes is a bit shorter. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Make sure to like, follow, maybe leave a five-star review. Don't be a Russ Cargill. Be a Ned Flanders. Oggly doggly. <laughs> And just one thing we want to say before we wrap up the podcast, literally, Barney and I have done a collab with an amazing illustrator called Zoe Spry. And we've made some gift cards and gift wrap based on some of the films we talk about on the podcast, mm-hmm. which are available now. You can go to zoespry.com. That's S-P-R-Y.com. And shipping is worldwide. Yeah, it's such a cool collaboration. So we are so excited. And look, the popularity of this collection will determine whether or not we do a bountiful penis card for the next launch. Okay, well, we need that. Yeah. So amen to you guys. Thank you so, so much for listening. In true Dr. Nick style, we'll leave you with... Bye, everybody! (laughs) Bountiful penis. Amen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.